In the middle of the worst housing crisis we've faced in generations, a block of apartments not far from the centre of Dublin City has been lying empty for years. A deal was done between Dublin City Council and the developers Kennedy Wilson in 2019, which would have seen the apartment block in Rialto made up of almost 40 units used for social housing. The developer did the deal with the council while finishing off Capital Dock, a luxury block of apartments in Dublin with some of the steepest rents anywhere in the country. Instead of including social housing in Capital Dock, they offered the council an alternative, 39 apartments in Herberton in Rialto. In this particular case, they've taken them beside the New Children's Hospital, which I think is a cracking location that's on the, on the uh, tram line, etc. So I think that's a great location. At the time, the then president of Kennedy Wilson Europe, Peter Collins, told the Irish Times that the scheme in Rialto was... Ready to go and ready to be occupied. So I think that was one of the attractions to the city, they were getting those units much more quickly than they would have otherwise got had they waited for us to be completing the uh, schemes I mentioned. But more than three years later, the 39 families who could be living there in Herberton remain on the housing list. I'm Connor Pope and this is in the news from the Irish Times. Today, I ask Dublin editor Olivia Kelly why this has been allowed to happen and what is being done about it. Olivia Kelly, I wonder, could we start with an explanation as to how housing is supposed to work in 2022? Well, that's obviously a very big question. There's all sorts of strands. Obviously, local authorities build houses themselves. Not very many yet, but the government is hoping that that will ramp up. Um, Another way of providing housing is that when a developer is building out a new apartment or indeed a housing scheme, although most uh, homes in Dublin now that we built would be apartments. When they're building out that, if it's a larger scheme, as in 10 or more, they have to provide 10% of those for social housing. Now, that's going to change and it's going to be 10% for social and 10% for affordable Uh, from now on. But for the past few years, it's been 10% for social housing. Now, a lot of people think that that means they give this social housing to the local authority, in this case, say, Mm. Dublin City Council. They do not. The local authority buys it from the developer. Now, it's at a discount, as in, you know, the local authority doesn't have to pay things like, um, you know, development levies and all that sort of thing. So it's discounted homes but uh, it's still the local authority buying. What the obligation is on the developer is they can't say we're not selling you anything. They must sell to the local authority. And is the essence of that plan or the essence of that idea to ensure a blend of of housing so that we would move away from the effective ghettoisation of places like the Fatima Mansions in times past or the O'Devney Gardens. So you'd have social housing, you'd have affordable housing and you'd have private housing all within the same schemes. Well, it, it's a dual idea, as in, you know, these these are in essence private blocks that they would have some element of social housing. And there's two sides to that. It's that the, the local authority gets some social housing, which they need, which, you know, they will need in, in all sorts of areas. Um, but also, yeah, so that there is that social mix in, in a new development. It's a good idea. It, it, when it works, it's a good idea. So Kennedy Wilson had have these developments in Clancy Key and Capital Dock in Dublin City. What are they like? Well, they're 
they're lovely. I don't know if you if you've ever walked around either of them, particularly at the uh, the Clancy Key one, um, and and that that is probably misleading. It sounds like it's down in the docks. It's not. It's there uh, on the River Liffey, actually, just um, at Island Bridge, if you know, close to Cunningham mm. Road, uh, uh, leading up to Kilmainham, and that's an award winning scheme. And the the old Clancy. Uh, military barracks there part of that was refurbished and you know it's really it's even for a walk it's really nice to walk around there and down to the Liffey and all all that sort of thing and yeah so there's that and then there's Capital Dock which is down in the Docklands down on Sir John Rogerson's Quay it's it's currently Ireland's now when I say Ireland I mean the state tallest apartment block Belfast has a lot more but yeah it's a huge big swanky new thing and and when it was completed I think towards uh, the end of 2018 it had the the highest or some of the highest uh, rents for apartments in the state again we're talking about the three and a half grand a month mark so these are these are swanky spots Actually, Olivia, our colleague and the Irish Times business editor, Kieran Hancock, was shown around the Capitol Dock building before it was let out to tenants. He was given the tour by the head of Kennedy Wilson in Ireland, Ali Rohan. On the first floor, there's a complex of shared facilities for residents, the like of which you'd expect to find in a hotel. You've got the double height atrium. We spent a lot of time designing it, that you have the cantilever staircase, as well as um, the architectural design of the Carrera marble floor, which carries out throughout In terms of if you're a resident arriving in, you would be met by one of our concierge team who will be there to look after every need. So a 10% allocation of both Clancy Key and Capital Dock were due to go to the council. Did they go to the council? No. So in most cases, the local authority will try and buy the 10% in the blocks that are being built. They have the option of taking either other apartments that the developer might own somewhere else. Now, Dublin City Council says it tries not to do it because it really does want to get that social mix. But in these cases, because they are buying them, they're not getting them for free, even though they're buying them on a discount. the, the, The cost would have been phenomenal to buy apartments in those blocks. And what the council has said, well, we can get a far better deal on the equivalent somewhere else. Now, it's not a very common thing because, to be honest, Mm. developers don't necessarily have readily, you know, available apartments that just happen to be sitting somewhere else. You know, it's not the way development works. You know, it just happened to be that Kennedy Wilson had bought these apartments in Herbiton. They didn't build them. They bought them. uh, It was a a distressed loan portfolio uh, from the the Celtic Tiger, a, a, a development company that went bust called Elliott's. And they had bought back in 2014 this apartment block in um, Herbiton, which is the former Fatima Mansions estate that you referenced earlier down in uh, by the canal out in Dublin 8. Far, far cheaper than either of those other two uh, developments we, we were talking about. So presumably then for the same money, the council could have got a lot more apartments in Herbiton compared to Clancy Key or uh, City Dock? They could. They didn't do it that way, though. They stuck with the the 10%. It's just the money bit. They didn't get more apartments in Herbiton. They got the equivalent 39 uh, altogether, but they didn't have to fork out huge amounts of money to do that. And you're saying that Kennedy Wilson bought these apartments in Herbiton in a distressed sale in 2014. 
So presumably the council took ownership of them a long time ago. Well, the the Kennedy-Wilson, when the agreement was reached that we'll do this swap with Herberton, that would have been February 2019. So presumably then people have been living in those uh, houses in, in Herberton that are now owned by the council since 2019? No, they have not. So the council, it's a very odd situation, I have to say, and I still am not to the bottom of why it has taken so long for the council from doing that deal to actually acquire the apartments. So as we say, February 2019, they sign on the dotted line with Kennedy Wilson. But it was only August of this year, so August 2022, when they actually acquired them. But in the meantime, they had shown them and offered them to prospective tenants back in January of this year. But they did say to the tenants at the time, you won't be moving in straight away. We've a bit of refurb work to do because they've obviously been vacant now for for three or four years Mm. or or possibly a little bit longer before the February 2019 deal. So they said, we've a bit of work to do. Do you like them? Do you want them? And the people signed up. They said, yes, we like them. We want them. And we're happy to wait. But the wait has been a lot longer than people might have expected. And then they were told within the last week, look, the council said to them, look, the work, it's a bit more than we thought. And it involves fire safety issues. Okay, fire safety defect sounds like a big problem. Why is that problem only emerging now? Well... That's another odd part of the whole story, because I asked Kendi Wilson, did you just, you know, sell the council something that you knew wasn't in good condition, you know, to to put it mildly, if there are fire safety issues? And Kennedy Wilson is saying no. When we reached this deal with the council, we we went and we refurbed and we had done this, they said already, but, you know, we didn't offer them things that weren't in good condition. So we had refurbed, we had done uh, the fire safety work, we had it signed off by our fire safety expert and they're saying we even furnished them, you know, they said we offered mm. them things that anyone would be happy to walk into and set up home. So what's going on? I mean, like... Is it the council talking about fire safety defects that don't exist or is it Kennedy Wilson playing down fire safety defects that do exist? I mean, have you any idea what's going on here and what the delays are? Because this seems like an ideal solution to house 39 families, yet the delays do seem unacceptable. Yeah, they they really do. But what the council have said so far is that they have only recently done opening up works. Now, fire, so if you think about the sort of defects you get in apartments, if it's a water issue, there's water running down your walls and you go, hey, look, that's a problem. Fire safety issues are very different. Often they only emerge when tragedy occurs. But the council, because they were alert to maybe there being some problems, they did what they call opening up works in in an apartment. And this was, I think, very recent. I mean, in the last couple of months. So they went in and they took down walls and, and, you know, had a look behind at what was actually there. So I think so far, according to a briefing that councillors were given yesterday, I think they've only done that in one apartment. It's leading them to suspect that it'll be similar in other apartments, as in all those apartments were built at the same time in the same block. So they're now looking behind the walls 
in other apartments and, and that's what the delay is. But I have no idea, I have queries in with the council, but I have no idea yet why we're talking about what is now, you know, more than three and a half years coming on to four years since they signed with Kennedy Wilson, why it's taken that long for them to go in and do these investigations. Yeah, I suppose the timeline does seem a bit skewed, but to play devil's advocate, if they have a sense that there's a problem, they have no choice but to investigate it in great depth because if they don't investigate it and there is a terrible fire and people do lose their lives, well, then all of the blame will be heaped upon the council's shoulders. Yes, yes. It, it, indeed, they have to do the work. But the queer, the question would be, why weren't you doing it in, you know, March 2019, in in January 2020, mm. in April 2021? I'm just throwing out dates here so we can see how many years have actually passed since that deal was signed and why we're only now going, oh, yeah, them ones there. Let's let's take a look and see if there's a problem, you know. And are you getting a sense from any of the people that you're talking to as to when these apartments or these homes will be occupied by people who desperately need them? I mean, is there a timeline into the future as to when the, these works and this inve- these investigations will be concluded? Well, the, um, the head of housing in the council, uh, Colleen O'Reilly, has told me that he hopes February of next year. Now, the housing briefing that councillors were given yesterday at that briefing another manager in the council said well let's not put a definitive date on it you know that we're working as hard as we can and as quickly as we can and at the meeting that you attended this week was anyone pointing the finger of blame at anybody i mean like who is being held responsible for this delay from the council's perspective i mean from 2019 until now Well, it was one of these meetings, and this happens quite frequently with the council, because it's not a private meeting, the officials will tell the councillors, well, we will have a separate meeting with you and we will get back to you. Now, there is a meeting that's going to happen on Monday where they've what they've said is they will have all the experts available. So, yes, the councillors were definitely asking these questions and what they were being told was we're going to give you a private briefing on Monday, which will not be attended by the media and uh, that that they will have experts available there to answer all the difficult questions. Now, more broadly in that Herberton scheme, like, can you paint a picture for me what it's like? I mean, how many apartments and houses are situated on the site of what older listeners might remember as the Fatima Mansions? Yeah, there's quite a few houses and apartments there. They're mostly apartments. There are, I think there are about 110 houses. I stand to be corrected on this. 110 houses and maybe around 400 apartments. But it's a very big development. And yes, as you say, Fatima Mansions, one of those older council schemes that, you know, was in trouble for a long number of years and the, the council then decided it, it needed redevelopment under a, a public-private partnership. So Olivia, if these 39 apartments that were acquired by the council are found to have fire defects, would that suggest that there's a wider problem across that Herberton complex? Well, 
Works have actually started there. Um, there is a housing agency that is managing other uh, apartments in the complex, an approved housing body called Cluid, and they have already started works and they have identified some fire safety defects. Now, they say they're already working through them to fix them, but that work is ongoing there. It's likely that the issues now there may be you know remedial issues needed in some of the houses but it's likely that things in relation to fire stopping they're they're more likely to affect apartments so if there are if this is a whole scale problem and not just a problem with this particular kennedy wilson block it's it's most likely to be in apartments Hello there and you're very welcome to Primetime. Well, tonight we bring you a special investigation about how serious fire defects have been found in a West Dublin apartment complex and how the apartment owners who have done nothing wrong have now been told they could have to pay up to €70,000 for repairs. They're deeply... We do hear a lot of stories about defective housing, not just in, in Dublin, but, but across the country. Is it a widespread problem when it comes to councils, do you think? It's a widespread problem, not not to sort of spread panic, but it's a widespread problem when it comes to any apartment that was built during a certain period, during that period of, of intense construction from the, the late 90s and until the crash. And I suppose I'm not spreading panic because everybody knows this mm. at this stage. The government has is in the process of setting up a remediation scheme. There was an expert group that that has recommended to the Minister for Housing that there needs to be a scheme to fund the, the repairs that are needed, not just for local authorities, but for the private citizen, you know, for the private apartment owner, because a lot of the people who would have built these apartments have gone bust or, or just not have liquidated the firms that, you know, they may still be in business, but the firms they used to build those apartments are, are liquidated so they can't be chased for any money. And the sort of sums we're talking about, you know, they can be 25 grand or they can be 70 or 80 grand to fix these apartments. So individual apartment owners generally don't have that sort of money. Now, the, the expert group, I think, has very recently reported back to the, the minister and the minister is due, whether he'll make it, he's due before the end of this dull term to uh, make a recommendation to cabinet on a scheme being set up. I think we can take it that a scheme will be set up, um, but we don't know anything yet about how much money will be in it and, and uh, how, how homeowners will access that scheme and, and, and what it'll do for people, essentially. We don't know that yet. Olivia Kelly, thank you very much for talking to us. That's it for today. This episode of In the News was produced by Aideen Finnegan and Suzanne Brennan. We'll be back on Monday.